Hello and thanks for joining me on episode 13 of the Aim High and Achieve podcast. Today I am delighted to be joined by Simon Holvik. Simon is a Norwegian ultra runner from Stavanger in Norway. He is the 2023 winner of the legendary Badwater Ultra and the 2024 winner of the Brazil 135 Ultra, as well as finishing second in the iconic Spartathon Marathon. He is considered to be amongst the best ultra marathon runners in the world. There's a little noise on the audio track as we recorded this live in a non-studio environment, but his amazing story still comes across perfectly well. Don't forget to like and subscribe through whichever channel you are listening, and make sure you give Simon a follow through his social media channels to follow his amazing journey. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, we've been speaking. Uh, yeah, we've been speaking quite a lot over the last couple of weeks. It's great to finally meet you and get and get to know you. Um, you're just back from Brazil from the Brazil 135 mile race. Um, yeah, how's the body holding up? Yeah, now it's uh, it's getting better and better. Uh, what I'm normally having issues with is uh, the internal organs. Mm. Uh, liver and uh, uh, kidney and that stuff uh, but now it's getting better yeah. I'm only up uh, once a night uh, pee okay. <laughs> so that's uh, so yeah so no it's good uh, no uh, issues with a uh, physical thing and uh, started to run been uh, this week I'll do a 200k week and uh, so I'm kind of soon be back on track next week I'll do 260 and then that's uh, that I'm back at the moment I'm doing around 50 so I can get to 50k really easily Mm. but then I kind of struggle after 50k and between 50 and 70k for me is yeah is quite a bit as a sort of amateur runner but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm planning on uh, running in an ultra marathon in uh, April so I have 87 days I think yeah. So that comes. You're counting down on your calendar. I put T minus and the day, so it's yeah. a reminder every day of what I need to do. But yeah, uh, yeah so the, the Brazil race that, that you've just come back from, 135 miles, which is 217, yeah. 217 kilometers. Mm. And how did how do you sort of approach a race like that in terms of your training? Is it is it kind of like you you ramp down as you come to it? Are you sort working on your hydration strategies food strategies just talk a little bit about how you specifically prepare for that yeah so so normally uh, I do a tapering period where I go down to 100k two weeks before and 50k the week before that again okay or the week after and then normally I I have a good fuel and nutrition plan in a document split down per hour and my uh, carbo yeah, targets and uh, and all that and then i discussed that with uh, with the precision fuel and hydration gel company okay. which are my uh, one of the guys i'm working with to get their ins and outs uh, and then i'm going down this this race brazil was straight after uh, 
a new year and Christmas holiday and um, so I was not really prepared. Okay. This was more as a kickoff. I was invited down and I just want to yeah to look at it, do kind of best effort based on the Christmas period with a lot of heavy heavy uh, yeah IPAs. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, you, you're, you're being quite humble, but you actually won the race. Mm. Uh, you won, won the men's race, which is fantastic. And one thing I noticed, I've been looking looking at the race and doing a bit of research and things, the, the sort of average age of, of people running that race was quite old, it was sort of 40s or something, I'm, I'm guessing. There's no young guns running in this race. No, that, that's true, but that's uh, okay. You see the same in Bowater. Okay. That average age is uh, 49. Wow. Uh, I'm 40, yeah, 46. Uh, so I think that's uh, I don't know part of the game. Uh, it's okay. It's all about. Uh, it's not all, but it, the the mental aspect is so big in this uh, kind of long. Uh, I was running for 29 hours, and then and I was uh, and uh, with a victory. <laughs> so that means you need to have a strong head to. Uh, to be willing to do that that's yeah it's unbelievable and and i think uh, one thing that really attracted me to your to your story and and the more i kind of read into you was was obviously you know you're a few years a couple of years older than me and and uh, you know there's a lot of people out there sort of who get to the 40s and you know mm. maybe they've not looked after themselves maybe they're a bit lost in a sort of nine to five job you know, and you, the, the, this kind of ultra running, it's sort of, it's given me a bit of a new, new yeah. life, really. Uh, uh, you know, I've discovered it, and I've not, not to your level by any means, but I've kind of discovered it starting out with it. And, you know, it, it just shows that, you know, uh, the sort of average age of 49 at Badwater, you know, your life's not over at, uh, when you get to your 40s. You know? no, we're, we're told, aren't we, in, in sports like yeah. football or rugby, you know, mm. 34 is old now in football. And Rugby. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. For me, the, the life has just started. This yeah. is kind of my uh, my next chapter. Yeah, and uh, I feel that. Well, I, I think I can be competitive uh, two, three, four years, mm. and then uh, I will kind of continue into adventure and, uh, but still in the same kind of stuff, running long distance. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, just talk to me a little bit about where, where your story began in running. How, how did you discover it and, and, and where it sort of began for you? Yeah, so it, uh, in, in short, um, it really started. Uh, the first start was uh, when my dad got a head, uh, no, um, a heart attack. Okay. So I found him uh, outside the school. Okay. Uh, happily, he survived. And after that, he has survived uh, three more heart attacks. But that, after that, I went to the doctor and uh, asked for, okay, what's my, uh, should I, can I be there? When I'm, oh, you're yeah. And he said, just yeah, short story, he said, looked at me and said, yes, you are a good candidate based on me being a big guy, uh, loving barbecue and beer drinking. Okay. So that was when I started to, to run. You started to think about it, yeah. Yeah, just in small scale, I was running um, kind of 10Ks, half marathon. Okay. I did not finish my first half marathon in Stavanger. Okay. 
So at least I was going, uh, and after a three, four years, uh, yeah, I was able to do a sub three marathon. Wow. So that was a good progression. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, we got a big tragedy. My uh, we lost. I lost my wife uh, due to cancer, and that was a, a massive, uh, massive uh, time in my life and in our lives. Uh, and then, yeah, and then I just had to kind of find a way out of that chaos. And the, the obviously the, the tragedy of that takes your life where you know you you can go two ways. You can go into a black yeah. hole. You can go into a black hole. True. People do that. Yeah. You can you can go the other way. And I suppose it's the way you've gone. Your wife is going to be thinking, you know, looking down on you, to how proud she is. You know. Yes. So true. That's one thing to always think about. Yes. Yeah, so, so what I, I realized that I when I was of course as a, maybe especially as a man yeah. or as for me I was not that in touch with my feelings okay. uh, so it was hard to to kind of feel uh, to process it yeah, to, yeah. to handle all that but what, what I could process was to run uh, long distance mm-hmm. and by by the running I got more kind of in touch with myself mm-hmm. So I use that as uh, in a way to to like heal the, my like meditation. Yeah, absolutely. And to process your thoughts on it, so, and I suppose as well, if you if you know, even if uh, if I kind of go out running for half an hour, an hour or something, it's just um, so good for the mind. I mean, it's almost I almost don't do it for the fitness ah. thing. I, it's such a men, such a mental health benefit. You know, and it gives you time and uh, so obviously that that's what you experience there is a massive massive catastrophe almost yeah. you have to process it and obviously being you, you know if you're out running you know you sort of you're going to process that a lot better than if you're sat in a chair yeah, true. you know in the doom and gloom and then feeling sorry for yourself and I suppose that's you know probably the best thing you could have done at that moment in time yeah absolutely and uh, and at that time I also had some was going yeah, with the kind of therapy with a psychologist um, and uh, she was very into that I should run with a kind of correct uh, reason yeah, because purpose. yeah purpose because it's uh, you should not run away from uh, things you should not you should not hide mm. but you should use running to run into it okay so there's some kind of difference okay why you're doing it yeah, yeah. So, so I try to work on that and I managed to find a good way and and still today, it's uh, I don't know. I do this because it feels uh, I'm happy. It gives me uh, it's my natural drug, and in some way I'm addicted. Yeah, I can. You know, we're, we're sat in your kitchen. <laughs> Thank, thanks for inviting me into your home. It's, it's very humbling. And um, the minute I came in, you know, you've got trainers on the. Shoes on the kitchen table, you know, you've got books. You, you, you're like a kid, and don't take this yeah. away, but you're like a little kid who's, yeah. you know, you can just see the enthusiasm in you about what you're doing. And uh, when you're posting on on the social media, you, and I, I love it because you post your day, what you're doing, you mm. give people a real insight into what your life is, yeah. which, which, you know, for, for somebody like myself who's 
sort of looking for inspiration for running and things like that. It's, it's fantastic to actually get real content, you know, and not the bullshit content yeah. we see on social media a lot of the time. <laughs> You know. Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to. Well, I'm trying to sell a dream. Um, so in some way, I'm I'm living the dream life, yeah. and then I'm trying to show people that okay, you don't have to quit your job like I'm done. Mm. But I think it's very important that you decide what to do with your life mm. and not be in between. Yeah. You should either go that way or that way, but take a decision and uh, yeah. and follow your dreams. Yeah. And people are sending me private messages saying that, wow, you're such a big inspiration. Mm. I want to do the same stuff, but uh, I'm either too stuck in uh, yeah, big payment on the house or i don't know stuff that, I, i can't do it that, that's the magic formula isn't it yeah you know i've followed a guy a south african explorer i've mentioned him in podcasts before i have sent him a invitation to come on this podcast so if he's listening then please reply uh but, but he he kind of I remember, he, so he's an explorer and he travels all around the world. He goes to the Himalayas and he, mm. and and he. I played a clip from one of his TED talks that he gave where he said exactly the same thing about when when he went to the North Pole, mm. his cornea fr froze in his eye. Yeah. And he could explain to himself why he was going through that pain better than he could if he was sat in his car going to work stuck in traffic. Mm. I played it in the Tom Owen uh, podcast. Mm. And it just, that, that one thing that he said really hit me mm. of you can explain when you have chronic stomach pains and your legs are cramping mm. and you want to quit in a hundred mile race, you can explain why you're there. Yeah. When you sat in your car going to work, <laughs> doing it because you have to and because you want to get your salary, you know? Yeah. It's a lot easier to explain why you're going through the things you are. That's true. But um, of course, now, now I'm sitting here and um, this is kind of a dream place uh, i've been dreaming about this for a long time yeah. but then it's also a bit difficult when you are in the dream yeah yeah <laughs> the dream within the dream it's yeah, okay uh, it is often a lot easier to have uh, something uh, okay next year i'm going to do this and that and then you can play with that dream mm. so now i really have to focus on kind of being here right now and, yeah, yeah. and to I feel it. it enjoy it yeah not think about kind of the next step mm. because now I'm here when when was the moment that you went from uh, you know just kind of you you know you're going to work you're, you're running 10k's 15k mm. 20 half marathons when, when was the moment when you sort of thought to yourself you know I could be one of the world's best ultra runners here was there a pivotal moment or was it gradual I think uh, it could be um, 2019. I was running a 24-hour race in Gloucester oh, in the UK. Uh, I think that was the first time when I experienced something extremely special. Mm. Running around for hours and hours and uh, I was somewhere I was getting deeper and deeper into something. Mm. Uh, you can call it a bubble or a black hole or mm. I was kind of going into myself in some way. Mm. And uh, it was like a spiritual. Yes, really spiritual. Um, 
I felt I, I could see stuff. I got uh, kind of clear eyes. I could kind of get an insight into myself that I never experienced. Wow. That was, yeah. It was really a delicious moment. Mm. And then, of course, when the 24-hour bell rang, I just woke up and I was back into the world. And then I had uh, around 253 kilometers. And that was the, some of the best results that year in the world. Okay. Uh, took off my shoes, my toes were black. I, I hadn't noticed because I was not in the physical world. Okay. That was so strong. Wow. And then after that, I realized that yes, if you can find this superpower, mm. then you can be something big. Yeah, yeah. It's all about using your head and, uh, and I don't know, to get deep into mm. something that was uh, I think that was the moment wow that's amazing yeah so I've not I've, I've not been I've been in the pain cave a few times mm. not in a 24 hour kind of thing but I've, I've kind of experienced uh, I got some very bad blisters doing a ski uh, small ski tour that I did for a couple of days and had some bad blisters for a, for a day or so and that was hell on earth so I can kind of get what you mean but yeah. um yeah, it's fantastic. We can't not mention bad water. Yeah, true. 2023. Yeah, I nearly forgot about that. You you obviously won uh bad water, a race most people probably hear bad water and they hear David Doggins, he's kind of associated with that. So just talk about um, coffee. Yes, thank you. <laughs> nice coffee. You have to give a plug for the, for one of your sponsors. Yeah, which is Supreme uh, Roastworks. Okay, Supreme Roastworks. It's it's freshly. Uh, ah, that's a different. That's it's a different kit. This. Yeah. 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 Bad water. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. You won. Yeah. You have yeah. a t shirt on. You are the champion of bad water. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that race because this is a yeah. A yeah, that's the even if you're kind of a non-runner, uh, you know about that race. Yeah. And uh, you know that uh, that is the hottest place on on Earth, wow. um, and that's where you have to run on the white stripes to not get burned out the soles. Uh, you can cook bacon on the road and all the all these stories. Some of them are true, but uh, yeah. And that's the race where David Goggins uh, failed the first time he was trying to do it. Mm. So it's a, it's a good, uh, famous race. And uh, yeah, so we arrived with a good crew. Uh, first a week in Vegas and then a week in uh, Furnace Creek, okay. which is in uh, deep, uh, yeah. What state is it? No, it's California. California, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, what can we say? The start was 10 in the evening. Uh, the plan was to go out really hard yeah. and show no respect. Okay. Uh, that was the deal with my, me and my coach, uh, Sondra Amdal. Uh, so I, I think with that race, it's people having a bit too much respect. On yeah. the, of course, it's hot. It was... Um, it was close to 50 degrees Celsius, mm. but it was not the hottest year ever. It was uh, 
maybe a bit colder than normal, but still very, very hot. Were you, were you well known before the start line, if you understand me? Were people kind of looking at you as if, well, this is the guy to beat, or were you a bit of an unknown uh, going into it? Well, before that race, I had uh, I was second in Brazil, 135. Yeah, last so t- Brazil, 2023. Uh, yes, um, and uh, well, I, I was put in the kind of the last wave. Okay. They have three waves, okay. so I was put in the kind of the favorite. Okay. So they saw me as a one out of 35 favorites. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I think I was a bit uh, outsider. Hmm. Uh, but not many Euro- is there many Europeans that go over to race? Uh, there were, I was the only Norwegian. Okay. Uh, first, um, yeah, the first Norwegian ever to complete. Uh, I was one Swedish guy, and no, not very, uh, yeah. not that often. So you don't really uh, associate ultra runners so much with Norway, I guess. I don't know, not come across too many. No, I think Norway is more, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think Killian Jornet lives uh, yeah. up in the north. Of, True. Yeah. I think Norway is famous for yeah, adventure. We, yeah, we, yeah. We're good people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's why Trump <laughs> wanted to have Norwegians <laughs> and not uh, all other guys. Yeah. <laughs> Papa? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, so you won that race, and what do you get for winning? If you don't mind me asking, is it just yeah. sort of the prestige of the win? Yeah. Well, you, uh, we all get the same. Oh. Every finisher yeah. gets a Finnish T-shirt like this. Yeah. Okay. And a belt bucket. Okay. And uh, and you have to have a speech on the okay. on the dinner. Yeah, yeah, like, like the master's gone. <laughs> yeah, so uh, no prize money. No. <laughs> only prestige and, uh, yeah, but the prestige is good. I mean, it's some prestige to be, you know, when you're 85 talking to the kids <laughs> and you tell them you won Badwater and Brazil 135 and, yeah. And yeah. Th- there's another big race you, you, you competed in and competing in is the Spartathon, is that is that right, over in Greece? Yes. Tell us a bit about that one because I know that one has a special place with you. Yeah, so the if if you look into the the two most important uh, races in the world yeah. for road ultra, it's uh, Badwater and Spartathlon. Okay. So Spartathlon, it's been uh, going on for is it forty one years, following the, the famous route from uh, Athens to Sparta. Okay. So it's all related to the Battle of Marathon and all the Greek history and. So that's could be maybe that's more a bit more uh, competitive yeah. than Badwater. It's not that exclusive. Yeah, it's more open for com- competitors. Yeah, I think they have close to four hundred people mm. and not uh, not one hundred. Yeah. So it's uh, something else, but uh, still, it's. Uh, yeah, I arrived on second place. Okay. That one, second male. In twenty twenty three. Yes, uh, about the same time as Badwater, twenty two yeah. and a half hours. Wow. How so, far is that one? Two forty six. Two forty. I think that's one forty six miles. Ish. Wow. Okay. So that's uh, yeah, it's the same. Uh, I think yeah, at least the same duration and time wise. <laughs> uh, what um, what what's your sort of 
approach to because the, the physical yeah the, it blows my mind a little to think of that distance to, to run it but what, what's your sort of approach to the to the mental side of, of running that distance you know mm. you, you know after sort of 50k you've done you've done a marathon and you've still mm. got another four marathons to go yeah. almost you know? how do you sort of where do you go mentally to get yourself through that is it is it Hard? Is it like a dark, dark place, or are you quite good? Well, especially on that race, it was really busy. Okay. Uh, because you have to follow your process every five minutes. Uh, okay, you need to take that gal, you need to take drink that, you okay. need to be bub, 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 bub. So you're so busy to have these uh, small tasks yeah. all the way. A routine. Yeah, routine. Doing every kilometer. Okay, you're thinking every kilometer in 2K. Yeah, and it's all about problem solving. Uh, of course, you get some GI distress uh, thing going on, and you have to handle that. And uh, and then, yeah, well, you're peeing a bit too much. Okay, maybe you should cut down on the liquid and increase the sodium. And so it's all kind of, especially when you're on that competitive level, yeah, yeah. it's all about analyzing and uh, problem fixing. Yeah. And then, of course, when doing that for a uh, half day the darks come and uh, and then you turn into more um, yeah you have to work when you are you know, you're puking and uh, you're not able to eat because uh, all kind of issues then you have to work on the, the mental picture you know people are chasing you and uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's almost like you, you you're handling the pressure of a you want to win the race and you know you might have somebody meters behind you who is is hammering you have to manage all these things it takes some doing and that's I'm I'm putting myself in that position at the moment I've got a bit of a lazy mentality where I'd be be thinking and I need to improve this when I did I did a marathon last year and uh, I remember setting off and I thought I'm okay for 10k which Mm. was totally wrong because if I took anything after 10k Mm. it's going to take another 5k to get in the system Mm. so I should have been taking gels Yep. start to get them and hydrating properly to start with. Mm. So I ran into a bit of trouble about 35k, went to a very, very dark place for a few k and then realised I've only got a few k left now I can get through yeah. it. That. But, you know, it's taking it from sort of, I've sort of gone from being a recreational runner, you know, mm. half an hour, an hour after work mm. to if you when you're going into marathons and ultra marathons it's a different league if you want to enjoy it I suppose you don't want it to be you, know, you don't want to you know be on the brink of death doing it you want to no. be enjoying it I guess yeah, yeah. now so, so on that race um uh, I had a good crew from uh, Precision Fuel and Hydration as a UK company. Yeah. Uh, so, it, of course, they as a company had uh, invested a lot into this, flying two people down, uh, okay. all that. Yeah. Uh, so, in some way, I had to deliver. Mm. Um, they were pushing good. Uh, and uh, at the end, I was not able to eat anything and they um, yeah we made some deal that okay by the next checkpoint you should at least have completed this gel and uh, and all that 
And then, of course, uh, Camille Heron. She was uh, fighting me at the back and trying to uh, get to get me. Okay. So that was uh, uh, that was a big, big motivation. Yeah. Okay. To, to uh, yeah, have her. And you've you've uh, you've stopped working full time to focus on this live full time. Yeah. True. You know, what kind of pressures have come with? With that side of it, you know, you you have now you're now doing this full time. You you sort of you know finding sponsorship, finding where the money is, how you're going to make a life of it. Mm. How have you sort of handled the? Because the, there's a lot of people I'm guessing listening to kind of podcasts and the the, the you you touched on it before with people saying you know how can I live the dream? I still yeah. have to work. I still have to pay a mortgage. Mm. So, so you've kind of you've made that decision to go with it. And, and I guess it's uh, uh, like uh, a secret ingredient of how you got to that point where you could eventually do that. Yeah. And I'm guessing you put in the groundwork and got to a level where you were good enough mm. athletic-wise to do it. But how do you kind of handle that transition from from stopping to work to focus on this 100%? Yes, yeah, so, so now, it's, uh, now I have to deliver yeah. on races. Uh, and I have to, yeah, to wake up and then train. Yeah. Uh, this is my job. Yeah. Uh, every day I have to do what's uh, what's in the plan. Yeah. And no excuse. I have to be uh, good in uh, kind of social uh, social media. Social media. I have to be open. I have to be a nice guy. Yeah. I can't really say. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I yeah, stopped a bit promoting alcoholic uh, double yeah. IPAs because that's uh, not for everyone. No, no. Stuff like that. Uh, no, so it's... Um, but but again, it's, it's that, uh, okay, now I'm in the dream and uh, now it's not a hobby anymore. No, no. And... Uh, yeah, I have to make sure that I'm uh, still enjoying it. I like I like on your social media, I'm following you and, and looking into everything. And you, you kind of post your day plan and you will say you're running and you have a meeting. And, you know, does, do you think it's kind of like you, you have a lot of followers now? So mm. it's kind of like a new world. You've almost got a lot of people looking up to you. Mm. You almost feel like that they're that audience is almost driving you every day, you know, to show them, to deliver, you know, to deliver what you're sort of promising. Yeah, in, in some way, I'm, uh, okay, first, there are several followers yeah. texting me uh, that yeah, you're a big uh, inspiration, mm. especially when I was running across Norway, mm. 100Ks uh, per day. And, and they said, uh, "Well, if you can, if you can do that for twenty-five uh, days, uh, yeah, then I should be able to run five at least for yeah. one day." Yeah. Uh, so I don't really have any responsibility to, uh, yeah, to put stuff on social media. But uh, yeah, I'm just honest and uh, tell a bit from my life, and I think that's good for. I think it's good for everyone to uh, to get a bit push yeah, yeah. that you can yeah you can live your dream and uh, aim high yeah but I, th- I think also there is a, a dopamine level to get yeah. people telling you that yeah you that's know, true for sure yeah you know that and it's a uh, social media there's a lot of uh you know a lot of complaints about it you know but it's 
it there is a lot of good in it there's a lot of bad in it and yeah. it's like everything you know yeah. if you think back to when I was a kid what was I doing I was coming over from school playing on the Sega Master System yeah. for five hours probably mm. you know and the Super <laughs> Nintendo and the NES, yeah. you know so we were doing True. This the same shit my kids are doing with an iPad. Yeah. You know, and it's just having some common sense and saying, listen, you've been on that long enough now. Mm. Find something else and go outside. Yeah. You know, it's just having a bit of common sense with it. But I mean, social media is, yeah, it's important, especially you, you have true content that you're putting on and that I, it has a lot of value. It, can, it can't be overlooked how much value it, it has, especially yeah. for people, you know, they might be in a bit of a hole. Yeah. You know, they need a True. bit of inspiration. They only have to look at one video of yours and that could be life-changing, you know, yeah, the power true. of it. Yeah, true. And... Uh... And of course, it's part of the job. I have to be visible and uh, yeah. say hello to people. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And your sponsors, obviously, yeah. you need sponsors. You have to, you know. Yeah, and of course, they ask or check how many followers you have and likes and. Uh, that counts then yeah. and also what kind of followers yeah uh, that they're not all from uh, India that yeah, you yeah. can buy or yeah, yeah. is it real people yeah, yeah. it's important yeah, yeah so how does your 2024 look then how is your diary looking race wise training wise you know what's the sort of average day look like for you yeah so this week uh, I'm just ramping up after Brazil so this week will be 200k uh, and, and then I go to 260, okay. okay, the weeks after. Yeah. So my next goal is uh, Torino, yeah. March 9. I'll do a 24-hour uh, race around the 1K loop. Okay. So I see that I have to deliver a good result mm. to get some credibility in, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Norway and on the national team. Yeah. So after that, uh, I'm going to uh, Hungary in, I think it's April, yeah. to do a ultra balaton. That's around the lake, okay. it's 210 kilometers. Uh, I'll try to do the course record because that will give me some money. Okay. So. <laughs> And then uh, Bandwater, if I'm elected, yeah. uh, they will announce there's no it. There's no automatic uh, registration for that, even if you did win it. You still have yeah, I have submitted my application and I've written my uh, 25 words about this and 100 words about that. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm a good candidate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm. Yeah. I haven't really said anything bad about no. that organization, so but they have the final word. They'll put put out 103 names. Yeah. We'll see. See what's happening. Have you looked? Uh, is Leadville another big race over there? Yeah, that's more trail. Uh, more of a trail. Uh, is, uh, f- is it 1400? Uh, 14,000? Yeah, I think so. I, I've, I've watched a lot of kind of YouTube. Mini documentary yeah. on on these kind of things because obviously. So that's not the race for me. No, no, so I'm a road guy. Okay, so yeah. the sun, you can't give me any tips for the sun as ultra trail. No, that's just uh, that's heavy, heavy terrain. Yeah. Okay. So after Badwater, July, uh, I have uh, Spartathlon. Yeah. Same. September, and then the plan is to go to US for a six-day race. Okay. Mm. Yeah. In December. Wow. I think that's, yeah. So you, that's your season pretty much mapped out and you're going to, you sort of, 
100k a week. Yeah, 260 now, uh, next week. Yeah. Mm. Um, and and you obviously you've said you're working with a nutritionist. Are you, are you focus, super focused on nutrition or is it kind of just calories for you uh, in, the, in the training? Mm. Uh, in my everyday life, I'm just eating normal, good yeah. food, yeah. a lot of home-based cooking. Yeah. Uh, when I'm when I'm having my kind of quality uh, runs, yeah. I make sure to run on the race fuel. Yeah. And use exactly the same that I'm doing during race, mm. with the same amount of carbs and uh, sodium. And then before race, uh, I have a big discussion with uh, yeah, with my gel uh, producer. Okay. I think the the eating and drinking that's the most important from these yeah. races. Because I've I've been a kind of experimenting with a couple of gels, and I found one that that's okay. But in in the early days when I was doing a bit of running, I found that you know the wrong <laughs> gels and things can have some pretty bad consequences if you're not used to yeah. the right kind of mix of what you're putting in your body you know especially when you're out in the you know the yeah so, so uh, i think okay at the end it's it's not that important what your uh, what kind of gel you're using yeah as long as uh, it's uh, it's good quality uh, and I'm not a big fan of any taste, so I don't have any taste on any of my products. Uh, so just make sure that you're, uh, yeah, that you're getting enough uh, carbs. Yeah. So my goal is uh, 75 yeah. gram per hour on the 24 hour race. Okay. And then you should do the same in training. Yeah. It's that simple. Nice. Uh, do, do you uh, do you have any allegiance with anyone else who's in the same who's ultra running in Norway? Do you have any sort of people you look up to or in the world that you you kind of got your eye on, sort of inspired by, or you kind of global if you just on yourself? Yeah, I, of course I have a coach yeah. discussing a bit, yeah. but uh, I'm more or less never train with anyone. Okay. Uh, maybe some on some easy runs, just call up um, a chap and uh, do a, something easy, some talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so no. But in Norway, we are a, kind of a small group with, yeah. uh, like me. Yeah, I'll join you after I do my Sandness Ultra if I survive to tell the tale. Yeah, that's sure. Gonna, <laughs> that's gonna be a lot. Of, you're not the first person who has said to me, Steve, have you seen what this race is all about? And I'm well, not really, but. Yeah. That's the 50 miles? 50 mile, yeah. Not yeah. the 100 mile. Yeah. There's the 50 mile and the 100 mile. And my mentality was kind of like, I just signed up for the 100 mile. And mm. I didn't, and then I'm quite glad actually. Yeah. Because when I looked at it, I thought, no, maybe going in at the 50 mile is sensible. Mm. So what you should do is just to run through that uh, course. Yeah, I'm going to go and do a recce and do a yeah. hike and see what the ground is like. and. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really heavy. It's uh, yeah. what they call this Ryfylke uh, Heiene, yeah, the yeah. mountain range there. Yeah, I think there's 4,000 uh, meters. Of yeah, and it's really up and down and uh, single track uh, heavy. Yeah, okay. Then, uh, yeah, then I have to keep the training going. And yeah, I think I'm... Slippery as well. Yeah. It's raining. Raining. April. Yeah. Oof. I just look forward to a beer at the end. Yeah. Should keep me going. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, alcohol is a, it's a, it's a funny issue, in, especially in Norway. Socially, yep. it can be a bit of a, you know, I'm involved in, uh, in a couple of rugby teams and things. And, you know, um, alcohol has always been, in, in Norway in general, it's quite a, you know, controlled substance, yep. let's say. So, I mean, um, yeah. Hmm not sort of sponsoring alcohol is mm. a sensible thing here yeah. you know but I think you know it's nice to have a beer at the end of a hard day's work you know yeah. but obviously not promoting the not promoting it as a sponsor is sensible we have coming to a few things in rugby that we you know yeah yeah I'm, uh, myself I'm um I'm saluting with a kind of big uh, beer, yeah. uh, but not straight after race. No, no. Uh, so you have to. Yeah, I feel like I have to kind of give my uh, liver and kidney <laughs> yeah. a, a few days yeah. to recover. Yeah. And then I will have one. Yeah. But in my most intensive uh, weeks up to race, I'm kind of non-alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'm a big fan of uh, alcohol-free beer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been January. I've, yeah, hardly had a beer. I had one beer the other week, but there's some good, good non-alcoholic beers out there now. You know, Norway has some uh, non-alcoholic breweries, for example. Yeah. I think you have something with Lervik. Yeah, so I'm working close with uh, Lervik, yeah. and they have a big, uh, big line. Okay. So it's uh, impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah, like you say, your liver and your kidneys are the ones. Yeah. Funnily enough, in a race like that, they are actually getting the most damage. I guess. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's all the processing of the sodium, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of salt yeah. running through. Yeah, let's say it could be uh, up to two grams per hour. Okay, and that's a lot uh, if you do that for a twenty-four hour. Yeah, because you're losing so much salt, you have to replace the electrolyte. Uh, yeah, your true. brain function. Yeah, so I took a test, sodium test, where I analyzed how much sodium do you lose per uh, mm. one liter sweat. Yeah. And they came up with a number, 1320 milligram. Okay. And so that means that, uh, yeah, if you, during a really hot, I can easily lose two liter. Okay. And that has to be kind of... Uh, You've got to get that back in your yeah. system. And, so yeah. if you're able then to eat two liters of drink yeah. and two grams with sodium, then you're good. Yeah, yeah. Do you do anything with hot and cold therapies, sauna or cold plunge? Because this is a big phase now. Yeah, yeah. You only have to go on Instagram to see some donut jumping into a cold plunge. Yeah. Video, you know? No, I, well, I have my infrared sauna. Okay. So I do that every evening. Okay. It's extremely useful. Yeah. So yeah, I feel that um, again, you're sweating a lot, mm. and I think that's good. You get rid of a lot of toxins. Yeah. Uh, it feels good, uh, relaxed. Uh, I check my uh, heartbeat, and okay. it's uh, 140. So it's uh, like a good, easy run as well. I have a sauna, but not an infrared sauna. But I have to check the electricity price before I take it on because mm. you know, on the west coast here. We've had some crazy electricity tariffs. Yeah. So I, I I have a little bit of a problem relaxing in the sauna when I'm thinking True. How, how, how much the electricity is being pumped into it. So, but besides that, 
Yeah. But, yeah. So what's the difference between infrared and a regular one? Well, the, the, the way I feel it is that the infrared, okay, mine is only up to 65 degrees okay. Celsius, yeah. but it goes deeper. Okay. It, it feels that it warms more from the inside. Okay. Uh, while the Finnish traditional Soma, that's more from the outside. Okay. Outside and in. So it's kind of opposite the way I uh, feel it. I was listening to a podcast yesterday from uh, called Tetragrammaton with Rick Rubin, hmm. uh, and he had Huberman on the podcast with another guy, I can't remember his name, and they were talking about the benefits of the light, the, the spectrum of light has on the human cells, hmm. they were saying that infrared hmm. is so important for cell health and cell yeah. at a mitochondrial mm. level yeah so there could be something in your infrared sauna that's yeah. yeah but i think at the end it just feels good yeah. uh, i don't care no, no. what the kind of experts saying yeah yeah uh, watching a movie and uh close the door yeah. and uh, leave the cats outside <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> yeah nice see so brilliant i've uh, really enjoyed talking with you uh, i wish you all the best for the for the season uh just give uh, one, one last thing I just want to ask you about is for anybody out there, you know, they want to start running or they want to sort of, what's your one sort of bit of advice for, for anyone out there who's in a bit of a hole who just wants to sort of start where you sort of started off many years ago? Yeah, so I, I would just say make it very easy. Do not care about speed or uh, anything. Yeah. Uh, what helped me in the beginning was just to call up some friends and uh, just make uh, whatever easy run yeah. and celebrate with a beer. Yeah. Make some fun of it. Perfect advice. Thanks very much for your time. I appreciate it so much. Uh, this podcast we're going to take on to all the normal ones, Spotify, Apple. On the YouTube version, I'm going to put together a sort of 10-minute video from your Brazil race. Oh, cool. So people go on YouTube, Aim High and Achieve podcast, they can get 10-minute highlights of that race, and then we'll follow that on with the podcast. So... Uh, on your Instagram is Simon Holvick. Yes. So people can search you up. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. People can can search for you there. And once again, thanks very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you.